Hey girls. Hey, Yolanda. Y'all boo. act like y'all just got off a flight from LA. Are y'all like, all right? Okay, we're tired from the BET yeah, Awards. We all night. did that stay? <laughs> midnight. Okay. Oh, which, uh, I, I mean, I, I fell asleep on the BET Awards. So I don't know. What time did it end? In, it ended at midnight. Oh. It was like three and a half hours. <laughs> and then, I was holding up my eyelids with fingers. <laughs> And then I was watching Lovey's Insta story. Shout out Lovey, podcast guest, and, and Yvonne Orgy. And they were both like, we are hungry. Oh, my God. They so, gave us no oh, food. Because you sit there for that long. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, before we go in on the BET Awards or just talk about it, who's on the show this week, Divas? Courtney Kemp, because power is back. Yes. Season four. Ghost. Come on, ghost. Ghost is in jail. And that premiere was everything. Mm. Oh, my God. It was so good. I can't wait to get in, but Courtney Kemp is in the house. She's going to break down everything we need to know for this new season, so stay around for that. Courtney Kemp, yo, yo, yo. And the matchmaking duo is back to tell us what it's really like to hire a professional matchmaker, to give them your coins to find some love. Because you know you want to know what you're spending those thousands on. I know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. I'm down for that. Okay, so BET Awards. I don't... How do we think Leslie did? Leslie Jones. You know, I'll okay. admit her her opening was soft. Yes, but I think she had some moments. I she really like Leslie. Go ahead, Yolanda. Like the Roscoe's chicken waffles moment. That, that was, was hilarious. Funny. Yeah, but I just I I um maybe because I'm not well versed in Leslie Jones comedy, but I didn't. I, after a while, the self deprecating jokes about her looks and not being able to get a man because the way she looks. And I don't was, like those. I don't like those jokes. Like, That's what I was going to say. I like Leslie a, a ton and I love her on SNL and we should get her on the show. Yeah. Like to really talk about it. I mean, I, I love the diversity of her, I should say, on SNL. I don't know that SNL writes any of the right characters for our I th- people. I think they don't really give they her don't diverse get it. characters. She's just very loud on you SNL. You think so? Yeah. I mean, what kind of... You well, know what? I mean, sometimes, but generally, like when you think of Leslie Jones on SNL is always like loud, super. She's sexual, like one type of person. Over sexualized. Mm-hmm. I'm boisterous. Like, yeah. Just, yeah, you're right. But yeah, I didn't also just didn't feel like it was the right fit for the BET Awards. Like, I was kind of joking, but not joking. Like, are we talking about knee braces in the opening monologue yeah. of the BET Awards? Yeah. Like, that's a, I guess it's a good joke for like a stand up. What you think? But I was like, not your knee brace and youngins in the same sentence. Mm-hmm. No, I know. Because at first I was like, she could have not even brought it up and I wouldn't have even noticed. I thought it was right. a part of her pants. Me too. Um, <laughs> I think the thing for me, and I think Black Twitter agree with me, was the uh, Amber Rose joke. Yeah. About the uh, Frederick. Bush. Du- I'm Frederick Douglass. Yeah, was, you're, I think mm-hmm. I was okay with the joke until like she got in position for it. And then it was like, okay, now. All right. Yeah, it was it was awkward. Yeah. And Leslie, you know, like, come on the show. Like, let's talk about it. Because I think she might have. I wonder what it's like for her as a black female comedian to feel like you have to be a certain way yeah. to get a job. You know what I mean? Or to keep it. And versus what she would really want to say or do. Yeah. You know, but, but I will admit that uh, DJ Khaled versus... Uh, <laughs> Now I can't even say the other boys. Is it Khaled too? Khaled, right? Khaled. It's Khaled. So that was funny. That I will get. And I also actually did love the part in her stand-up where she talks about Busta Rhymes. And she's like, you know, when I was coming up, rappers had names that made made sense. sense. (laughs) But she said Little Yachty. I was like, because I was like, well, thank God she pronounced it. I mean, I actually, I I think I knew how to do it. Little Yachty with Little Yachty. (laughs) And then she was... Uzi so there was definitely some moments, uh, but yeah, but um, I like her. So let's let's. Me too. But I I agree with you, Charlie. We should get her on the show. Yeah, like come on, come on through. All right. So another thing I thought was funny watching it was uh, the black epic moment when Migos performed "Bad and Bougie." 
Yeah. Like everybody like, got their life when they were on stage. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody did. Every cut to the crowd, no one was on their phone. Yeah. Everybody no. was Millie rocking and just yeah. having a good time. <laughs> I was like, that song won't quit. No. Anthem. It won't quit. Yeah. And you know, they play it literally three times an hour on the radio. Really? I yeah, my XM subscription ran out a little bit, <clears throat> and I was waiting <laughs> in between. <clears throat> so bit. I was just a little bit, you know, some pause, and um, you know, you know, sometimes we have to pick and choose our bills, yes, right? But yes. anyway, so I've been listening to FM again, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, I had been into commercial free radio for some time, and I was like, oh my god, y'all, yeah. they play Bad and Bougie every like three oh, yeah. times an hour yeah. Yeah. on every it's, station. It's Migos, Drake, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? It's, um, it's like Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars. Yeah. That's what I like. Rihanna. Rihanna. Yeah. I mean. It's like the same. There's like seven artists that are just like. That's they just all, They own the radio. And then also they're all on each other's songs too. Yeah. Yes. So that's yeah. where I get confused. My yeah. husband is like, you know, I qu-. like he's just skipping stations. Like, okay, yeah. okay, I quit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, back to BET Awards. I was so here for that new edition reunion moment again. I know we keep getting them, but it's it'll never be enough. I'll admit, and I'm, I, that was my group. Yes. Like, you know, I came up. We. Oh, that's true. We. We, we. we. But I'm a little older than you. So I'm fast. So I was 90s New Edition. You were. I was 80s 80s New Edition. 80s New Edition. All right. Span. Let's just be real. I'm just going to keep it real with (laughs) y'all. But I thought it was a little too long. Like, I think after Can You Stand the Rain, it could have ended and been fine. Especially since Bobby wasn't. <clears throat> out there with them. I'm not being shady, y'all. I, I get it. Bobby has done his reunion Bobby! performance. I was looking for each. I was like, is Bobby up there doing these moves? Where was Bobby? Was Did he up? You see the fur though? Yeah, Bobby. he came out with the fur, but you know, Bobby. Bobby, oh, Bobby, Bobby. Yolanda, what was your favorite? What was your favorite? Um, let me see. Hmm, I don't know if I had a favorite. I was t- t- telling Charlie this morning that um, it just was one of those shows that didn't for me didn't really have like wow. Like, yeah, a high note for you. Yeah. like last year, of course, Beyonce with the um, you know freedom and Kendrick Absolutely. and like you know I like Future's performance. I thought that was cute. Um, I don't understand. That. I know the t- song is called Mask On. Yes, or Mask Off. But uh, why do you have the mask on? Well, <laughs> that's what I. Um, let's go to Rap Genius. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're gonna and, do and that. Get the, and get the receipt after and figure out what it's about. But you I really liked, I was really rooting for SZA just because yeah, as she an was great. alternative black girl, I like to have, you know, I like to see us represented somehow. But I was mad that the sound thing, I, I went back and I rewinded it and I watched the sound thing. That was kind of awkward. But yeah, that, that was, was kind of like. Horrible. And just when I thought I couldn't love Yara Shahidi anymore. I'm trying to tell y'all, I adore her. Yeah. She is Absolutely everything I want a young black woman entering yeah. college of a coming of age to be. Yeah. She dedicated yeah. her moment to, and you know, taking a moment to celebrate Trayvon Martin's life because mm-hmm. he would have been. No, Tamar. I mean, Tamir, sorry. I'm sorry, Tamir, Tamir Rice's mm-hmm. life, excuse me, because he would have been 15. 15 years old. And that was just beautiful. And she's just so woke and she's so eloquent and she's just, come on, Yara. Yeah. No, I love it. She was like, I know y'all celebrating me, but let's take a minute. And also, I did love the moment Solange gave. When she was like, yes. let's take a moment for Black Lives Matter. I did. I really did love The woke that. moments. Yeah. You know, yeah, Chance's speech. Oh, so woke Bay. I love him. <laughs> like a little brother. I, I'm starting to, you know, I, I've always liked Chance. But, you know, some people grow on you in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I continue to be impressed. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the shots fired from Remy Ma. Mm. The bars. She the dropped. bars. Bars. And then I was reading um, somewhere how I think it was on Vulture. Shout out to Vulture. They the way they did their recap for Remy Mar. Remy Mar. Excuse me. Remy Ma. Remy is that 
Nicki Minaj has won that category for like the last seven years. Oh, and last night Remy won it. <gasps> Remy on oh, multiple levels. If you want to look at Are you Remy, dumb? No. <laughs> are you dumb? Are you dumb? Are you no, dumb? Y- y'all know I love Remy Ma. I know. So yeah. I'm, I was here yes. for all of it. And we, it was funny. Her. We were on our group chat at Essence Bars. Come on, yes. Remy. Yes. And she looked gorgeous. She looked amazing. Oh. She and Papoos. I love her. Oh. She's like shout out Black Love always. But I love how she thanked the people in her correctional facility. I know. Talk about it, Yolanda. Because it's like, this is so real for so many people in our community. Like, it's not all about glitz and glam. Mm -hmm. Like, she went through so much, and she really was, like, giving... She's winning. A time, yeah, Yeah, a second chance. Yeah. She is... Second yeah. chances. And look at Orange is the New Black. Like, yeah. when you, the new season and everything that they're going through, like, for her to talk about, like, hey, if I got out, but for you, those of y'all who are still in there, yeah. I'm, this is for you. This is for yeah. you. Yes, Remy. Yeah. Remy. And something else, two more things from the BET Awards that I love was yes. the Mary J. Blige moment. Oh, Ooh. Mary. I mean, what did wait. Jamie call it? <laughs> Her broke her post breakup body. Post, no. Yeah, I love it. no the post breakup glow. I love it. Yeah. Now, what did y'all think about this? Uh, Kendu post. Mm. Kendu Isaac. Well, allegedly reportedly. Yes, this is our new segment. Our new segment called allegedly reportedly because okay. we do not know the facts. <laughs> they are not reportedly. Hold up, I pulled it up so that we could be ready. Um, okay, just kidding. I thought I did. But Kendu allegedly reportedly posted on his Instagram right after Mary's performance. And his Instagram is private, right? And it's private, so, so we, don't we know. could not verify Can't this. Can't confirm it. Come through. Kendu, call us anytime you want. But he said... Can you imagine? I love you to death, Mary J. Blige. I can't even begin to understand why you were going on about this the way that you have been. Okay, sir. Bye, boy. I've never wanted to discuss our life, our our life airing the laundry. Okay, grammar. You know me better than than that. You and I really need to talk and stop all this negative nonsense. I love you, and I will always love you, regardless of your actions. Mm. Can we slide him a seat to sit in? You know what? I'm not here for any of this. But did he really do this? I don't know. It was just too perfect. Well, it, it was too perfect. Too per- and at that night, the time, yeah. I don't know how real that is. I don't know. But I mean, you know, not to be a writer nerd, but it it it's also written like a rant, you know, yeah. in a way that like somebody would if they're in their feelings, like right after yeah. something, like bad grammar, sentences aren't going together. Like he was like, you know, it looks like somebody fired off some Twitter fingers. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I feel like if this is really what he said, then he's contradicting himself. If you don't want to air your dirty laundry, then why are you publicly responding? Yeah. And, I mean, the song she performed is a single on Strength of a Woman. Like, she, it's done. It happened. It's, it's, it's out there. It's streaming. Like, she's not... She it's didn't streaming. open it up with a cup in her hand like, yo, can do. <laughs> like, she didn't come out. You know what I mean? Like, shooting, shoot, you know, shots fired at him. He fired shots at her. Yeah. Know, and to me, about? it's not consistent with the things he's asking. He's like, you're going to do this, but then you also ask for $30,000 a month or whatever right. that is. To he take care of you and your spousal family. Spousal support. Yeah. No. Bye. All right. Here, can we need, you know how they have Donkey of the Day on Breakfast Club? We need a, a sound. <laughs> Shout out, Charlie. Well, no, though, we do need to have a allegedly reportedly kind of donkey. Because if, it, if it's not real, then... I bad. I th- right. But if it is real, you're bad. Donkey. <laughs> I think we need to have like a sound effect of a chair sliding. Like, here's your seat. <laughs> slide you a chair. Sleep slide. But anyway, I did have one gripe about the BET award. I mean, it's not the awards, but I really am tired of seeing over-sexualized black women used as stage props for award shows and videos. And I get it. I get it. Like, it's like... It goes hand in hand with hip hop and, you know, like chains, gold, money, flossing, girls. But like when I saw Trey Song standing on top of a woman on stage, yeah, like standing know. on her skirt while she's rubbing, yeah. like 
I remember like back in the day, and he's a terrible example, but remember like R. Kelly did like the bump and grind live performance video, and it was like the girls were back there and they had on like sexy outfits, but they were dancers. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, and some some artists are doing that. I'm not saying that all of them don't, but I saw a lot of just like gorgeous women in barely any clothes feeling on themselves as stage props. And I just feel like there's so much more we could do. We've seen it. Like, light some fire behind you. Use some pyrotechnics. Get some lighting. Like, come down from the ceiling. Like, you know what I mean? Be. I'm challenging these artists to be a little more creative. Um, you Women out there, you're gorgeous. You are beautiful. But, like, come on. I mean, is it me? No, I'm going to add on that. I'm tired of kids being used as stage props. Yes. Ooh, because don't the get me started. <laughs> that French Montana moment. What the fuck? Like, what is that? Like, kids, women. Like, and then, did Jamie Foxx ever acknowledge who those kids were? Because those were not his kids. kids. No. Well, I think the, the one in front was his. Okay. The one in the black t shirt. Okay. With the hair. Oh, with the hair. That was okay. His daughter. They just the look so I don't over even know it. who those two were. They look it's, so over it. Yeah. No. <laughs> and like, then French Montana's holding a little girl. I'm like, dude, See, come on. Khaled? Really DJ Khaled with his know. son. I mean, I well, get that was cute. Kid. I, I get know, it. But, but I hear what you're saying, too, though. The, ba- the baby had on noise canceling headphones. You know how loud? I'm just shocked that Asad was awake. Yes. For that yeah. long. Yeah. So cute. You take a nap? It's so cute. Because at that age, you're napping all the time. I don't know. I don't know. Come on, artists, though. Like, where's the creativity? Like, you have to bring it to your stage performance on live TV as well. You know, like, don't just grab a half naked woman or a small child and expect me to be entertained. Now, you know who did entertain us? Who? Escape. <gasps> Girl. I'm so ready. Y'all, every, talk about, after Bad and Bougie, that was the yeah. performance everybody was into. My husband was laughing at me because I was on my feet, swaying, yeah. singing all were, the words. It was choreography. Okay. Yes. okay. They took me all and the it was. Back. I don't know, for a moment, I was like, I was like, that's right, Tiny Sings. Yes. yes. Like, Tiny, she's not she always with this BS with T.I. With, uh, t- yeah. But she's a performer. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And they hit their notes. They yeah, looked they amazing. And they were singing. They were yeah. singing for real. They were singing for real because I did notice a lot of singing on tracks. Well, mm-hmm. no. I'm mm-hmm. just... That is not allegedly reported. Moment of of silence. (laughs) Nope. No, but they were amazing. And that is just a sample of what you are going to get at Essence Fest. Speak on it. Because we have the full reunion. July 2nd. They're performing on Sunday. Full reunion. Full reunion. That means all of the hits. Oh, my God. All of the songs. The full, like, three to five minutes. Which means we're going to get Softest Place on Earth. Because I'm ready. Come on. I think you're the only one that knows that song. But Yeah, I just really know Just Kicking It. But I loved it. Wait. I loved it. Hold on. I loved it. What? Time the hell out. Yes, you do. When you hear it, you'll know. I feel like Escape has those kind of hits that you forgot how much you love them. And then when we get there and we're backstage or front stage, wherever we can fit in, because it's going to be crowded, and we are listening, you're going to know the words. They had, like, at least eight. Number one hits. I'm not making this up. Okay. Okay, allegedly, reportedly. But I'm here for it. <laughs> Y'all shady today. But wait, what are you guys looking forward to at the Essence Festival? Everything. No. Uh, Master P reunion. I just feel like the crowd is going to be so lit. Julie and I were joking, like, it's definitely like wear your stretchy Fashion Nova <laughs> outfit so that you can go get all the way down. Corey, you laughing, Fashion but you know Nova. you're going to want to like drop it. Fashion that's like, Nova. you know, like we're going to, that's going to be the real drop it like it's hot music at the, in the dome. I'm just ready to see the people get into the lineup that we have, the energy. I am, so side note, my mother in law is coming down. So oh. this 80 year old Haitian woman. Is coming and she wants to see Diana Ross. So I'm looking forward to just watching her react to Diana to Ross. Mm. The boss is coming. The boss it. is coming. So that's what I'm looking. If, if you'd asked me last week, I would have been like Chance, but now I'm like, I got to see 
grandma, yes. get it in. And there's something to be said about that because obviously Diana wasn't, you know, my generation. And so I don't have this like need to be like, oh, I need to see Diana. But I feel like I'm going to know why the, the I need to yes. see Diana yeah. after yeah. I see Diana. And I'm looking forward to my life yeah. being changed. Yeah. Because Hair. that's definitely what happened with Prince. Yes. Like I was yes. too young to, yeah. I knew Prince song sort of. But that year that he took to the stage at Essence Fest and killed it and sold out, my life was forever changed. Nice. <laughs> R.I.P. Nice. All right. So let's get into another hit, Power Creator, Courtney Kemp. I am Corey Murray. I'm Yolanda Sangweni. And in the house hey. <laughs> is the creator of one of the best reasons to watch Stars. I know that's why I got it on cable. I had never heard of Stars. Well, I'm glad we power. brought you. Yeah, I'm glad. You're not the only person to say that to me. Sometimes people are like, you know, girl, I get stars when you guys are on and then I cancel it when you're off. And I always say, I want you to keep stars the whole year. Yes. But thank you. Yes. <laughs> that voice you're hearing is the creator. I mean, I know sometimes it says co-creator, but I'm going to say creator. No, I am the creator. Oh, it no, actually please. says created by, if you take a look at it, it says created by me. All right. Single let's credit. The Reset. first receipt of the day with Miss Courtney Kemp. What up? What up? Do you can we call you CK? Yes, in fact, okay. a lot of people call me CAK. That's a regular nickname for me. My friends from graduate school all call me Sikizi. So I like Sikizi. I like Sikizi. Yeah, that's that definitely. You know, that's like a. If you call me that, I've known you for a long time. But so. listen, people, don't call her that on the street. You just met her just because you listen to this podcast. Don't I will ignore it. you. I okay. will. I will walk right away. I don't know you. You just I'll listen to the you. Essence podcast, girl. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But before you created mm-hmm. Power, mm-hmm. you were an Emmy-nominated TV writer. I was. For one of my favorite shows, The, the Good Wife. Or with The Bad Bitch, as we like to call it. Bad Bitch. Yeah, the Bad Bitch. When Alicia really would get herself together, we'd be like, yeah, that's Alicia turning from The Good Wife to The Bad Bitch. <sighs> I loved every moment of it. Oh, that's great. It's great to hear. I was only there the first three years, though. Hey, that was, I mean, those, those are the, the most impactful years. years. Oh, well, that's great. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, my God. That's when Renee Elise Goldsberry was there. Yep. yep. And um, Anika. Yes. And Anika. That yeah. arc with Anika. Anyway, we digress. Okay, yeah. You, stars, mm-hmm. power, the reason to watch. But what I love, um, we're here at the Time Eat building, mm-hmm. and I read a little story about you, how you wanted a job at Entertainment Weekly. Desperately. I would have done anything to get that job, but that was not God's path for me. And it's really interesting, you know, when you pick something that you want and you keep fighting and it's not what God wants for you, there's nothing you can do. Like you can twist yourself into a million different knots. I had all these different um, hookups and entryways and pathways to get, you know, all the things that they say about like moving and shaking and using everybody that you know. I did all of that to get a job at Entertainment Weekly. It never happened. And then, you know, several years ago when Power was just about to premiere, I was interviewed by a guy, a young man um, who had the job that I wanted. He was an entertainment editor over there. And he said, uh, God, you know, I really wish I had your job. And I said, well, that makes two of us. (laughs) You know, that was I really wanted that. And it was just funny. I was pointed in kind of the right direction, but God had to redirect me on my path. Wow. So you had wanted to be... uh, an editor, I wanted magazine to be, editor. I wanted to be the first black uh, female editor in chief of Vogue. I love fashion. I live for beauty. I live for beauty. Wow! Um, I did I, not know that about you. Oh my God! Live. Mm. And um, you guys just see your eyes right now. No. Yeah, like they're really bright. <laughs> no, like and this this shadow real. is beautiful. But well, go ahead. thank you, thank you. Uh, I'll tell you what it is later. Okay. It's like a mixture of a few things. Um, but. Um, 
Yeah, I'm just like, I love beauty. I love fashion. That's really, you know, that was uh, after I left graduate school for English literature, I actually went into Mademoiselle. I worked at Mademoiselle and then I worked at GQ, but I've always loved beauty and fashion. Um, and makeup is like my hobby. Mm-hmm. That's what I spend most of my money on other than my child. And uh, am I alimony? But that's a whole other story. Um, but anyway, the point is that I... Uh, you know, I love that, and it's something that I don't get to express all the time, but I kind of express it through Tasha yeah. <laughs> on the wow. show. Wow. Um, Anita Gibson, who is our department head of makeup, she and I geek out over all kinds of stuff, so it's wow. still there. Um, but that wasn't, again, that wasn't the path. I started in magazines, and then, you know, it helped me get here. Mm-hmm. I wrote an article about interracial dating for GQ uh, that had a cover line, my first cover line I got when I was 24. And uh, then, you know, it was in the September 2001 issue of GQ, which means nobody read it because the world blew oh, wow. up in September of 2001. Oh, um, in fact, a few feet from where we're sitting right now. Yeah. And uh, so it was interesting because that happened. And from that article, I ended up starting to write TV, but it was a long process. So whenever people say to me, like, oh, how can I get your job? How can I get my own show on the air? I always say, well... Really what you have to do is be open to whatever the path might be and not decide it's going to look a specific way. Because if I had gotten exactly what I wanted when I was that age, I wouldn't be doing power at all. Hopefully I would be in y'all's shoes. Like the best outcome would have been what you guys are doing. But it might not have gone that way. Did you have like just a – I mean I know you you wanted to be the first black editor-in-chief of Vogue. I did. Did you have just an inkling of like – a little dream of like, I wish, I wonder what that TV world is like. I had no idea how to get on. I mean, it's really a black box in a lot of ways uh, to get into television. Um, I didn't really know that all those people that say like co-producer and producer and executive story editor and all those, those are all writers on a television show. I didn't know that. I didn't know anything. I just, I love television, but I didn't, it wasn't something I thought about doing. What I wanted was to write for a living and I didn't know how I was going to get paid for it, but I'd always been a writer. That was really what I wanted. And so, you know, I didn't know what it was going to look like. Thank God I didn't know what it was going to look like. I think if I had aimed myself in this direction, I probably wouldn't have gotten here. It really had to do with um, being open to things and God opening doors and, you know, and I talk about God a lot, but that is just my word. That's the word I use a shorthand for the universe or whatever doors might open. You know, it's like whatever, you are on a train, an uptown one, and they decide that it's going to go express. So you have to get off at 14th Street, which was not your intention. And then as you're walking to the other downtown platform to go back downtown, you run into the man of your dreams. It's one of those things that happens. That's life. That was real. I mean, I was there on one train and run into the man of your dreams. You're a real screenwriter kind of girl. Yeah, you know, if I can't, if I can tell a story, we have a big problem, right? But yeah, that's yeah. like for me, it's always about being open to that. You know, um, funny story, really quick, funny story. So uh, I was in my twenties here in New York, and I had just left GQ. I was working at J Crew. I was writing the catalog. I did that uh, for a short period of time. What kind of discount did you get? I had a 40% discount on things that were full price, and then there were different other categories, 20%, 10%. But the people who worked in the store had a better discount because they had to wear the clothes every day. Technically, when you worked at corporate, you didn't have to wear the clothes. But but at the store, you have to wear the clothes every day. So they had a better discount. Look at you asking the critical questions. (laughs) See, listen, but I really worked there, right? Can you imagine if I'm, like, making this up? I'm like, I don't know. But, yeah, girl, we had this little card, and they would, like, stamp your card. Anyway, it's a long story. (laughs) 
No, I um, but uh, and it was so, so tragic when I I gained too much weight to fit into all those clothes I'd gotten for that discount. I'm back down again, but it was it was tragic. It was tragic. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I was walking down this the street, and um, this is uh, you know I was in my twenties. I was cute, and uh, I You're still st- cute. You cute? Uh, well, well, thank you. But you know, cute, not a woman. You know, and so I. Uh, I walked past Chris Noth on the oh, street, yeah. and uh, we had a little conversation. And I was, uh, and I was on my way to a date, so I went on the date. I did not, you know, did detour. You could have been Mrs. Big. Now here's the thing. Okay, go ahead. I could have been Mrs. Big, but then years later, I'm sitting up in the writer's office at The Good Wife, and Chris came in f- to have a conversation with all of us. Yeah, now did he have his his good. Um Woman of color, go ahead. You no, he was by himself. Story. I mean, he was he was on a, it was a business oh, okay. meeting, right? But if I had played myself in my twenties, then when he walked in, I would have been boo boo the fool, like uh, <laughs> hey, remember me? <laughs> exactly. And he would have been like, nope. <laughs> so you know, I mean, I, I like uh, it's that sliding doors thing could yeah. go either way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he because so, uh, you know he dates a. Um, I think she's Ethiopian or oh she she's a woman of color. He was with Beverly Johnson for a long time. I mean, he always oh yeah. So he's he's getting a pass. I'm sorry, I cut you off, Yolanda, to, to ask a very serious question. Oh no, I I, I heard you say it was it's a very long story uh, between writing for GQ and and J Crew and also and becoming mm-hmm. a TV writer. But can you give us a quick um, snippet of how that happened? I can, but I always feel like it's not useful. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you why I don't think it's useful, but I will tell you. So I wrote this article for GQ, and I was sitting on my boss's desk, still answering it. And it was about interracial dating? It was about interracial dating. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, Marty Beiser's office. I was Martin Beiser's assistant at GQ, managing editor. And it was uh, an agent, Sue Nagel, who went on to head up HBO, but she was a UTA at the time, and um, she had two clients, uh, Mike Chesler and Chris Alberghini, and they wanted to make my interracial dating story into a television show. That didn't end up happening. We we created a show, we pitched it at HBO, and it didn't get bought. We didn't do it. So, but I got the the bug, and then at the same time, that same article got me a book agent at ICM, and that book agent hooked me up with my TV agent who is still my TV agent, a woman named Nancy Etz. Nancy was at ICM. Now she's at CAA. But the bottom line was I got an agent out of that article. And then that agent started to send me out on things, writing gigs. But I was still working here and still living here. And then the first year went on and I didn't get anything. And then the second year, um, she called me up and she said, do you want to try? Again, and I flew out on my own dime to Los Angeles, and I went to all these different places and and interviewed, and I didn't get a job. My then husband was like, "We should move out to Los Angeles because eventually you will get a job, and eventually, you know, whatever." And so we did, but I moved out by myself. June fourth, two thousand four. I'm sorry, June sixteenth, two thousand four. I flew out to Los Angeles. I had never really driven. I picked up my car. I was a New Yorker. Mm-hmm. I drove to my new apartment in Hollywood. Everyone lives in Hollywood when they first moved to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It is Hollywood is awful. It's so gross. And clearly cheap. And it's cheap. And, um, you know, stepping over certain things to get to your apartment. And uh, that was June. And then in July, I had a meeting at Bernie Mac. 
and I had written a spec Bernie Mac to get me that meeting. And they said, we can't hire you, but we want you to come in and pitch ideas. And I went in and I pitched ideas. And at the end of that meeting, they hired me. And so I had this very weird story Mm -hmm. that is mostly about, like, I was not in the right place at the right time, but literally had fought and fought and fought to get into Entertainment Weekly, to get into this building, and I couldn't. But then when I moved to Los Angeles, everything was like a hot knife through butter. Uh And so what I always say to people is when you are, and again, the word I use is God, doesn't have to be your word, but when you're in alignment with God's will for you or whatever it is, it all comes very easily. Yeah. You might have to work for it, mm-hmm. but it all lines up. You know, it all, it, it, it's like dominoes. The doors are open. You know what I'm curious? Because, you know, we're editors here. So when you tell me you were the, you were the assistant to the managing editor yeah. and you wrote an article. So you were essentially a junior. Were you a junior editor writing? No. Well, they wanted to do this article on, on interracial dating. And my, my boss, Marty... He shared me with Alan Richmond, who was this great, you know, James Beard Award winning writer. And and Alan taught me how to report. He really taught me how to be a writer in that way. Um, I had been on their desks, you know, doing their expense reports and all that stuff. After a year and a half at GQ, I got that assistant editor title, but none of my stuff changed. I was still answering the phone. So technically, yeah, I was an assistant editor, mm-hmm. but really it didn't – it wasn't that. It was just – it was they wanted this article, and they both knew I could write. Secretly, they knew I could write. It's yeah. not like – Art Cooper didn't know, but they did. So, mm-hmm. Wow, it must have been a brilliant article. Um, I need to see it. I'm going to the archives. My agent can send it to you. Jody can get it. Have you, have you no. read it? I don't know. I would like to. Okay, all right. No, yeah. we should do that. I mean, would you ever, though, now that you, you know, now you have a lot more power, um, would you ever go back to that script that you had pitched to HBO way back when? Interracial dating is so different now. It's sort of like a, what? It's who cares? Who ca- I still don't think we've probed it enough on television. We have a very kind of narrow idea of, like, the, anyway, well, all the complexities of it. Um, I think... Well, it's funny because I haven't done it a lot. <laughs> Some, you know, but I was I was in a marriage, well, in a relationship for 20 years with a black man. So a lot of my experience of it is not as old, you know. Mm. Friends was still on the air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like it's hard for me to I, – I wouldn't be able to write something about yeah. that right this second. Yeah. Or if oh, I could oh – Is that – Sorry, my phone. It's not me. Okay, good. Um, but uh, I'm sorry. I thought I switched my phone. Off. That's okay. Um, so yeah, maybe definitely. I think I would probably put if I were to create a show now that was different, uh, that had more romantic stuff in it. Uh, there was more of a soap. I probably would put interracial dating in there, but I would have to do a little bit more research. Oh no, I have to do research. <laughs> <laughs> to tell, Just at the right time. Yeah, to tell some authentic stories, yeah. <laughs> I'm curious, um, and I know sometimes it's hard for you to talk about, but there was something else in your life that happened that really propelled you to create power. Sure, my dad's um, death is mm. that... <laughs> Good <laughs> Yolanda God, is having, Yolanda. She is having... <laughs> cha- going through changes. <laughs> I, having moments. It's Friday, <laughs> and I struggle. Fridays are not my... I they don't like me. Fridays don't like me. I understand. I understand. Um, yeah, no, I'm happy to talk about mm-hmm. it. Um, the The situation is just, it's pretty simple. My father was uh, an incredibly accomplished human being and incredibly charismatic, owned a room when he walked into it, all these things. He was also a very difficult man to be. And he be. had his own receipt. 
He was the first black man to graduate from Dartmouth. Amos Tuck Business yes. School, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Uh, not from Dartmouth College, but from Amos Tuck Business School, yeah. Um, he uh, was incredibly accomplished, you know, well-known. Um, but it was difficult being his kid because he was very much that, you know, not practice makes perfect, but perfect practice makes perfect mm. person. Um, he used to say... He and my mother would both say this. If, like, I brought home a 92, they would say, where are the other eight points? Why'd you leave them in the room? Mm -hmm. Uh, An A-, what's the minus for? You know, they were, if I had a B-plus in something, it was, like, not the move. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that perfectionism, I think, it defined me. It probably still does to some extent. So it was a complicated relationship. Everything I'll say that. And uh, I, when he died, I really needed to write about him. He was obsessed with people's perception of him. Really, the external was so much more important to him than the internal. I think in the end, even though he died of a heart attack, uh, literally, I think in the end, actually what killed him was his need to be accepted and loved externally. Oh. I think he never actually did that work to make himself okay on the inside. If I were to give anybody any advice at all, I would say, do that work. Because it affects everything else. It affects how you are as a boss, as an employee, as a friend, as a sister, as a wife, as a mother, everything. Wow. Going to the point about affects how you are as a boss, because I was reading and, you know, being a writer, you're very much, I think your quote was, like, you're you're just curled up with your computer. Uh Uh-huh. Like, it's just one In the fetal position. Yes. (laughs) But then you have to go be a showrunner and recede, top showrunner in Hollywood. Hello. No, that's Shonda, but thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You're the top ten girl. Oh, top ten. Okay, I'll take it. Top ten. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um... But how do you manage that? And did did you do that self work to make you a better boss? Absolutely. I mean, a hundred percent. I don't do it perfectly, um, but I would say that the most important thing to me is to be of service. That's like my primary purpose is to be of service to people. So if I can help somebody out, I was talking to. Uh, someone who works for me today and I was saying you have to go into her office and tell her how much we appreciate her because I had done that earlier in the week and she almost this person almost started to cry and I was like that means that there's something in there that's happening she needs to hear that and he said well I tell her all the time and I said no go into her office just for that don't make it hey I appreciate it and then can you do these other five things just go and tell her that there's a book called difficult conversations that I think every boss should read um, they give it to us at the showrunner training program. Um, but a showrunner training program? Yeah, it's like this little tiny thing that the Writers Guild does. It's like 30 people every year. I was very lucky to get into it. Um, Yvette Lee Bowser, who created uh, Living Single, is one of my mentors, and she's one of the people who runs the program. Um, but one of the things they do is they give you difficult conversations. And basically, in a nutshell, it's about understanding the other person's narrative and then speaking to them from that perspective instead of your own. So... When you come to an employee who's done something that who messed up, let's say, right? You say to them, that's not what I expected you to do. Well, I was trying to be helpful. Well, okay. But what if you go to them and you say, I know you were trying to be helpful, but this is why it wasn't helpful. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit better. You know, it allows you to have more dialogue, you know? Wow. So. Hmm. How are you managing, because a lot of times our behind-the-scenes people are becoming celebrity. Uh-huh. I mean, you, you know, you look at Shonda... You look at Mara. How do you manage going down those paths? Oh, I, I don't like being on camera at all. I'm not that. <laughs> and I'm, 
I think it's tough. Writers don't want that. I mean, that's exactly the opposite. We're like, you know, we want to just do this. Uh, that was me typing on an imaginary keyboard for those of you who are listening. Uh, That's the, in the brackets yeah, of the script. Yeah, exactly. Um, interior Time Inc. Day. <laughs> Courtney types on an imaginary keyboard. But uh, it's hard. I don't love it. Mm-hmm. I don't love it. And I also don't love the pressure sometimes that I feel from people who are in the, in the game who, who want to be seen with you or want you to do something for them. I have a couple of people... Uh, recently, actually, this is actually a funny story, uh, just to share it. But I, I had uh, there was a guy who I was like texting with, and I thought like he was actually interested in me, and then he asked me for a part, <laughs> and I was like, oh wow, okay. So we, what do we call? What does Crystal call that? A fuck boy. I'll just say, you know what? I, like I was like, cool, okay. Thank you for the clarity, wow. so I don't have to worry. I don't have to think about that anymore. I can just. Now that you can add that to your screening for yeah. dudes coming to come. Totally. Let's just, like, play you to the left. Okay. Yeah. But now, how did, like, Ghost, I know um, where sort of the, the whole premise of the show, but, like, Ghost and Angela, like, these characters just, how did, can you tell us that creative process, how this show came about? Like, Sure. Um, Ghost is based uh, in part on 50 and part of my dad. Mm-hmm. So all that closet of ghosts, that's my father. They're like the perception is the reality thing, that's my dad. The drug dealing part is fifty. Fifty doesn't do that anymore. But my but if you put those things together and that's where ghost came from. And then this idea that if you're black in America and you are younger, like Obama's age or younger, then all the things that you were taught about not being able to be president, they were all lies. So this idea of like Ghost angled himself toward, well, I can get out of the hood if I, you know, move weight. Well, there were other options. And so then around him, I created Tommy, who is in some ways an iteration of myself, Mm -hmm. not in the like killing people or throwing people off of roofs way, (laughs) but more in the like a white guy who grew up in an entirely black environment or black and Latino environment. I grew up in a white environment, so I wanted someone who felt like fish out of water. And then he's overcompensating with his toughness because yeah. he has to. Tasha, who I really didn't want to create a Carmela Soprano who mm-hmm. was like, I'm innocent of knowing things or I'm looking the other way. Tasha's down. Yeah. And then for Angela, and it's so interesting because I get from black women all the time, why has he picked this woman? You know, whatever. And it's funny because in New York, the difference between black and Puerto Rican is nothing. There I was is no tell difference. You, I was like, I don't even yeah. consider that an interracial relationship. It's yeah. not. It's yeah. not yeah. at all. And that's what's so, it's mind boggling. I had one woman write me and say, you don't know how much this hurts to see him with her mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I actually took it really personally. And I said, you don't understand the, the character of Angela. This is someone who's struggling with her identity, too. Mm-hmm. And we've done all this work. You know, Leela is doing two different voices. She's like doing all this work. Because Angela doesn't talk the way she normally talks. Like in the office, she actually changes her diction. Mm. And when she's with Ghost or with her sister, she talks she's like she's from Queens. Yeah. There's all these different little nuances in the show. But when black women say to me, like, he's rejecting blackness, no. What he's rejecting is if you go back to the first season, he says to Tasha, I want to be with you, but I want out. And Tasha says, uh uh-uh. uh. I want this life. You stay in. Well, that's what he's rejecting. Mm -hmm. Now, Tasha's changed a lot in the four years we've been doing the show, but the person that we created is immature. Mm -hmm. 
and short-sighted. Angela is selfish and, you know, has her own, like, serious negative personality traits. But it, it is interesting when women do that. I'm a proud black woman. Anyone who knows me knows I constantly talk about race, even when people don't want me to. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, 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 someone say to me, I think so-and-so is ungrateful. And I said, for what should we be grateful exactly? When that word is used around black people, it bothers me. Mm-hmm. And the person was like, I didn't mean, I didn't mean. I know what you didn't mean. Mm-hmm. So it, it is yeah. like, that's not an issue. But sometimes black women will come at me and be like, you don't understand. I'm like, no, no, no. I've been doing this for 39 years. Yeah. I've been black my whole life. My whole life. <laughs> I kind of understand. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, and it seems so weird. New York, black and Puerto Rican, it's I the same thing. That was my first reaction. I, heard. I was like, well, New York, it's a little different. Yeah. It's different. And like Lala who plays Lakeisha, like, ain't nobody saying to me, how dare you cast a Puerto Rican actress to play a black woman? Not a single person has said to me, well, that's offensive. She's Puerto Rican. Yeah. She's Puerto Rican. She's not black. <laughs> she's not black. But whatever. Well, that's another well, story. But that's another yeah. story. Yeah. She is, she's, she's, you know. Yeah. Latina, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's Latina, exactly. Yeah. 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 So, you know. What kind of changes can we see season four of Power? Well, and people are really affected by Ghost going inside. Yeah. You know, ghost getting arrested changes all of those relationships. And in a can really we have fun a sip for Omari Hartwick's body? Ooh, la! I, mean, I know I, he's married. La, la. <laughs> I guess I guess I have to toast his, even though he even though he works for me. <laughs> That's even better. Mm. It's funny. I don't even look at him like that, and it's so mm. weird. And I don't see that at all. You know, he was beautiful on your cover, by the way. He looked oh, gorgeous. Uh, but so many people love that cover. Yeah, mm-hmm. he looked amazing. And then you didn't. You why don't you come to the festival? Oh, because I'm working. Mm-hmm. See what everyone thinks that it's like. I I don't get time off oh. in this job. I haven't had time off in four years. While they're all going to the Essence Festival, I'm editing. Wow. And yeah. writing the show because it's in July, right? Yeah, it's yeah. July Fourth. Yeah, I'm writing. He couldn't show walk premieres. through. He couldn't walk through the the, the Superdome. Oh yeah. No, I know. No, no. I know, and it's really funny because in some places he's not famous at all. The schism yeah. between who watches the show and who doesn't watch the show is huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have all the time. I meet people in the industry, and they're like, "So, what do you do?" And I said, "Oh, I'm a showrunner." Oh, well, what show? Power. It's on Stars. Oh, I've never heard of it. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of me it. Off. Like, oh, are you in your first season? No. no. No, I'm and we're not. actually breaking ratchet bitches. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I try not to say that stuff. I'll say it for you. Did you Please. have any, like, w- at what point did you say, oh, my God, this is, like, huge? Um, We trended number one in the country during a broadcast. We were on the number one trend on Twitter. And that was a moment where I was like, mm. oh, wow, okay. That, like, black Twitter was basically, like, had opened up and people were screaming I think it was when Holly got killed, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this is working. Yeah, You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I remember my friend on Facebook telling me, power is 10 times better than Empire. Oh. And this was at the peak of Empire. And no offense to Empire. I'll just step away for that one. Yeah. But I'm going to just sip this water right here. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> speaking I'm of, kidding. Speaking of, There's room for all the shows. There is. And there really just, is. There's room for all the shows. So and, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say I know, like I've heard Ava DuVernay say this, like she doesn't like the, the, this idea of there's a moment. You know, I'm doing air quotes, people, of a moment <laughs> in television. Um, but I love TV right now. Yeah, I love seeing us on TV right now. Well, I always say it's still the Ed Sullivan thing when the the Supremes were on Ed Sullivan and every black person in America ran to their TV sets. That's still happening. We still don't see ourselves enough, so we sample everything. I mean, my friend Cheo Hidari Coker when they did. 
uh, when Luke Cage went live on Netflix, it shut Netflix down. And people are still going, man, should we put people of color on TV? Put money behind us and we will show up. That's a question. And a lot of us have way more discretionary income than we used to. So that's the other thing that's happening. It's like, look, you can make money off of us. Mm -hmm. So why are you not doing it? Do you have time to watch TV? I don't like to watch TV. Um, It's not relaxing for me. Would you want to edit a magazine at home? Like if I said to you, okay, it's your time off. Here, would you like to edit something? Would you like to, you know, it's like, no, it's not fun for me. Wow. It's like a musician I know who doesn't listen to music. It's just. I'm like, oh. What's that like? (laughs) But no, seriously, do you you ever, do you want to do your job on your off time? Hmm. So I watch a lot of um, like behind the scenes stuff with films and things like yeah. that. That's, I'm really interested in how to make things. Like right now, I'm obsessed with IMAX cameras and like shooting something in IMAX. Um, and I watch comedy. Atlanta is brilliant. Yeah, I love it, yeah, it, the Juneteenth episode of Atlanta is probably the best half an hour of television I've seen in years. See Keezy. Wow. See Keezy. You feel me? I, I love know. that episode. It's amazing. I mean, I mean, every little detail. I mean, Donald is like, he's a genius, but the, the writer of that episode, menu. the cocktail menu, the guys in like period garb doing, the, I mean, everything they've done is so, when he said, nigga, what? Just stand in the line. <laughs> so, <laughs> it is so brilliant. But like, I watch some comedies. Drama is really hard for me to watch. Mm-hmm. I'm just not. And so like people ask me about Empire. I've actually never seen a full episode of Empire because I just I, I don't watch drama. It's just it's hard for me to watch dramas. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, look at that camera angle. And all of my friends are, have had it with me. I'm like, well, why did they say that piece of dialogue? Why didn't they say it this way? I don't know why we're not on her coverage. I don't know. People are like. Courtney, shut up. You know, so I just, I'm not fun to watch TV with. So I would not go to the movies with you. Oh, no. After you get out of the movie with me, I'm like, this was wrong. This was wrong. What was that third act? I don't understand why that's the, the, I just don't get it. Like, she's a terrible character. Why is that like, you know, I really get loud about poorly written female characters. Mm. That's where you get me being loud, you know? So. Which one stands out for you? Which? Uh, Poorly written Poorly written female character. God. Um, you find those, you know, I don't want to tingle anything out. Mm. But what I would say is that uh, people don't require people don't require female characters to be interesting a lot of the time. They don't push people. They don't push the writer, yeah. the showrunner, to do better. What happens is I get the question. Like, how did you create such strong female characters? And I say all the time, well, hopefully all my characters are strong and everybody's nuanced and everybody's interesting. And the real question is, why don't other people take the time to learn more about women? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, because everybody has women in their in their life. You don't know your mother. You don't know your sister. You don't know your cousin or your coworker. Can you ask her about her, her inner life before you create a character who has none? Yeah. Do you think men can write really good female characters? I think everyone can write everything. And I think that's something, that's a, the thing that came up controversially last year because um, people were talking about whether or not white writers can write people of color. Mm-hmm. And I was very angry about this because if we say that white writers cannot write people of color, the inverse of that is that we cannot write white characters. If we say that men cannot write female characters, then that means the inverse of that is that we cannot write male characters. It's BS. A good writer should be able to write anything. 
just as even if you just like if good journalists should be able to report any story, you should be able as a writer to figure out how people really talk and how people really feel and write from there. And I just think that it's, it's, you know, it's about desire. It's about wanting to write well. It's not about can you write uh, essentially differently from yourself. I am not Tommy Egan. I created him, and Joe Shakora filled him in and made him what he is. But there's no reason that I can't write. I mean, coming up, all I could do was write white male characters. That's what I was writing. You know what I mean? Obviously, I was writing The Good Wife. I'm not Alicia. No. You know what I mean? So I always think that essentialism about what we can write is very dangerous. Mm -hmm. Do you have another show? Do you have another show on your head? I have about five or six that I'm working on in various different iterations. Um, I really want to, excuse me, write about where I'm from Mm -hmm. in Connecticut. I think that there's a lot to be said about writing about where, you know, some things that are about in my own personal history. Um, and that thing, just to go back for a second, write what you know. Well, write what you know doesn't have to be specific to like, I know this room, I know these walls, I know, you know, this shade of lipstick. It's also, I know pain. So can I transfer that pain into something else? One of my writers, a woman named Heather Zulke, uh, she and I talk about this all the time. I always tell her, write toward the pain. Don't write away from it. Write toward how much it hurts. And when you are in a position where you feel vulnerable... That's where the good writing comes from. So, yeah, I have a few things that I really want to do. Um, one of them is also just to be a businesswoman about it. I want to write a straight-up procedural. Straight-up, dead body at the beginning, it's solved at the end, <laughs> cha-ching, <laughs> and, like, export that all around the globe. You know what I mean? Yeah, law and order is everywhere. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I want to, you know, blah and blorder. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I just want to make my own version blah of it. And, and, like, I, there are, I have ambitions that are about telling other stories. Um, sometimes people are just like, so what's the next power? And I'm like, mm, there's just power, you know? I mean, I would love to do... One thing I'd love to do is I'd love to do a show that's um, all in, all Latinos mm-hmm. and in Spanish. Like just straight Ooh. up in Spanish. I may not be the right person for that. I might have to develop that with someone. I don't speak Spanish. Um, but it is something that I'd really like to do. Wow. Well, what's up with... Um, what? Okay. What is your relationship with 50 Cent? What is my relationship <laughs> with 50 Cent? Uh, he's like... I guess... It, Twin brother, mm-hmm. maybe? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not, he's a little older than me, but like, yeah, he's like a brother. Yeah. So I know there's moments where he like goes off on Instagram and I'm like, okay, what is going on? And then next week it's like, okay, we're cool. We're always cool. Okay. There's never, it's, it's, how, how do I put this? It's like, um, I work with Curtis Jackson. 50 Cent is this other thing that he does that is okay. It's like Ghost and James St. Patrick. I work with James St. Patrick. I don't know what Ghost is doing when he's murdering people in the basement. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. 50 is like that for me. It's like I work with Curtis. I know how Curtis's mind works, and I know what he uses 50 Cent for. And it's interesting, though, because he is right about how people react to it. He is really he's really smart about that. You know, he's really smart about how about getting people to react mm-hmm. um, in that arena. I would never do that. I like to write fictional things. He's okay with this sort of weirdly not fictional, fictional version of himself and what it can do. Mm-hmm. What did you think of him saying that he 
snubbing basically from the, reacting to not getting the Golden Globe. Hmm. So he's going to quit. Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> and then hashtag effing vodka, right? Yes. Of course. Well, how, do you, I, I, I um, said it right. how did I react to it? You know what? I, I, did, I did my job that day. <laughs> um, but how did I feel about uh, the, the Golden Globes thing? I think, you know, I think I've said it before. Not enough people watch our show that are in places that can that mm-hmm. make those things, mm-hmm. those decisions. Um, I think it is difficult. It is a difficult thing because you can't make somebody watch your show. Mm-hmm. Um, the people who love our show love our show. And, uh, and yet at the same time, like I said, there's so many people who've never heard of it. Yeah. Never heard of it. This reminds me of when Ava didn't get director, best director for Selma. She was like, afterwards it was all done. She was like, I didn't know those people. She no. was like, that's a lot of handhold. I mean, she, these were not her words, but, you know, she was like, I didn't do a lot of, like, publicizing. Well, not, it's not publicizing. What is that called? Campaigning. Um, campaigning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. I, I, I think, you know, in our case, there's a big system for to, to get Globes and Emmys and those things. There's a system and um, we haven't found our entry point mm-hmm. yet, really, in that system. And then the other piece of it for me, I mean, that best director thing, from my perspective, it's very sim- – what she's saying is true, but also that the people who liked that movie who were – who didn't – who weren't aware of her, they were thinking, well, it's the story that I like or it's the biopic nature of it that I like. And they forgot that she made all those choices, that she was – you know, I, I mean, I think it is it, – to do a best picture and there, the, there's no best – director nom in that case was like what you know Mm -hmm. so i cut you off earlier and uh we'll wrap with this but what's next for for power what's next for power um oh yeah well you know it gets more complicated i mean it's got to get more complicated right i do think that um what we're going to see this year is tasha coming into her own tasha making some really you know crucial decisions and and that and that's going to transform ghost getting in a sense kind of through this arrest what he wanted in some ways um and all the relationships getting more complicated i mean that's the idea every scene we do is about power every episode we do is about power and power differentials and all these things and ghost is really going to need tasha this season so that's kind of you know he's gonna pay well (laughs) i mean until you do right by tasha (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> well it's actually funny can I wrap with this yeah, one thing yeah, just yeah, one, one yeah, little thing yeah. I was at Bronx Community College speaking to these kids who want to be in TV and this girl raised her hand and she said you know a lot of us want Tasha and Ghost to get back together and I said why and she said well because you know I want the family to get back together and I said listen to me if a man ever treats you the way Ghost has treated Tasha run don't let don't take that man that back. That is dysfunction one on one. It is. It is dysfunction and codependence and all these things. But, but it's it, good TV. But it's good TV, and it's interesting to see people, especially black women, say, "Oh, I just want that man back." And it's like, well, why? And so hopefully we are going to tell more of that story. It's kind of like what's that thing? All we had was all these years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Jones. Mm-hmm. We can keep going. Okay. See Keezy, Courtney <laughs> Kemp in the house. <laughs> It's Friday, yo. Let me stop. No, this was really fun. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was, she's about to drop it. Like, I was like, uh-oh, am I oh, supposed to, like, bars. do a beat? Like, what? Oh, no, they didn't tell me this part. I have to freestyle the rest of my answers? That's it's, all I got. This is really fun. Thank you, guys. Uh, thank, thank you. you. Up next, more Yes Girl to come. 
If you really want to keep it hot this summer, you know where you need to go? AdamandEve.com. And for a limited time only, you'll get 50%, yes, half off just about any item on the site. And I mean, you can get your starter kit going with your candles. You can get some lubes, some vibes, maybe a little handcuffs, you know, whatever you're into. Keep it hot this summer. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll receive three free adult DVDs, you know, to help you warm up, plus a free mystery gift. And to top it all off, they will even throw in free shipping on your entire order. That's adamandeve.com. Be sure to use promo code YESGIRL, that's Y-E-S-G-I-R-L, and don't tell anyone I didn't tell you how to keep it hot this summer, adamandeve.com, YESGIRL at checkout. 50% off just about any item, so no excuses, three free adult DVDs, and a free mystery gift. Ow, have fun. Hi, everybody. Charlie Penn back today. We have the matchmaking duo in the house. They are relationship coaches, divas, and professional professional matchmakers. Tana Tana Gilmore and Kelly Fisher, welcome. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for having us here. And if you guys aren't familiar with them, you should know that they are the resident relationship coaches and experts on Essence.com. Yes. They're always giving out weekly dating tea and advice on where to find your love. So your your match, yes. like they are not playing around. No, we're not, not at all. <laughs> serious business here. Exactly. And speaking of, most people don't. I feel like people don't realize matchmaking is a business. Oh, like it's, it's one thing business. for me to be like, oh, I'm good at hooking people up. I know how oh, to hook no. up my friends. It's That's not art. matchmaking. No. You guys are professional matchmakers. We you are. quit your career. We did. We in did. corporate America, making six figures, yes, I'm sure. Did. Yes, You we were did. bosses. <laughs> <laughs> and you let that go to pursue a career in professional matchmaking. We had to. So tell me, first of all, what is professional matchmaking? What exactly does that mean? Like when you hire a matchmaker, what are you hoping to get? Well, we, you would hope to get to, or to find someone to heart hunt on your behalf. Heart so hunt. if you it. were to look for a specific job mm-hmm. or a spe- you know a new career, uh-huh. you would hire a professional to do that. Right. So like a headhunter. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So people hire us to heart hunt on their behalf, and we're searching for that exact um, that exact mate just for them. Ah, and they are they really specific with you? Like, do they come in with a list, like a husband shopping list? Like, this is my well, they come in <laughs> and kind of tell us more about their specific situation, and then we kind of customize how we can best help them. So, as being relationship coaches, everyone who comes through our doors starts with coaching because we want it to last. Got it. So it's mm-hmm. not just you know serial dating. I want to go on a million dates and just so that wouldn't be the right person for us. But so we want to teaching them. Yeah, they we want to course yeah course correct some things that may have not you know worked in the past, and then as we get past the coaching phase. We we go out and actually hunt on their behalf, as Tana said. And then everyone that comes gotcha. to us, they, they're looking for a long-term relationship or eventually marriage. Right. And I'm going to imagine that's them. the end game. Yeah, yes. absolutely. That's our goal the for altar. them, too. That's right. <laughs> yes. Yes. We want to be in a white dress or right. pink or whatever. Right. We whatever want to be it is, altar. we want it. Yes, with the right person. <laughs> so, okay, they come to you, and is it that they're having trouble finding love or that they want better options? Or is it a little bit of it's both? It's a little bit of both. Yeah, it could Definitely. be everything. It could be that they've had many long-term relationships with the wrong person or, you know, they just didn't have the right family dynamics growing up, but they don't even know what a, a real marriage or a real relationship oh, looks like, so they don't really deep. know what to model. So we kind of just start from the beginning to see what their issues are and what their challenges have been, and then help them along the way. And then you'd be surprised at how many women, especially, have come to us and they have never been in love and ever. never had anyone ever. love them back ever. Ever. It breaks our heart. No high school sweethearts? No, no. nothing. Sweethearts. That's fascinating. No. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand and I yes. get it, but you don't mm-hmm. think about that. No, yeah. you don't. When you think about it, I mean, you want a, a whole, everyone wants love. I Everybody. mean, who in, in the world doesn't want love? So it doesn't matter what else you've accomplished. If you don't have love or have some type of loving relationship, you're always going to have some type of void. It's truly mm-hmm. like the greatest accessory. It, it, it is. It's the life. greatest feeling in the world. You know? It is. And we have clients that are, you know, affluent and they would give their career and all of their money up just for love. Really? They told we us that, that so often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And do you feel like a lot of times people are kind of fed up and just at, wit, at their wits end when they say, okay, I need help. I'm hiring someone. They do. They really that's like, when, that's when the they come time. to us. That's it, their prime. The best when they're time. ready to release it. And really? come to us. Yes. And they come to us and they're like, you know what? I've tried it my way. It's not working. Oh, this is what you do. I, I trust you with this process. Right. And, and those are the when we get the, the best the best results because we're working together as a team. Yeah. Okay, so um, you know I have to ask. Sure. Is it, like, really expensive? Like, is it something... I mean, I know that most of these are professional men and women, so they can afford it, but it's not, like, you know, it's not 100 bucks. Well, no, it depends because, I mean, as we said, we're relationship coaches, so some people just say, I meet people all the time. I just need tweaking, so oh, I might just need so there's coaching. A range. So it's a range of, I got you know, it. it could start from $1,000 for, you know, a couple of weeks of working together to, you know, several... Ten, twelve thousand dollars to find your half a year. I mean, it's some options. It's an investment. Yeah, you get what you pay for. I mean, yeah, it depends on how much time we have to give too. So if we're personally going out and and heart hunting, we could just be helping with online dating. It just depends. So Mm -hmm. however. Uh, much we need to be involved is how much you know it ends so essentially up being. you have like a whole menu of services we do we do so that's why we do an initial strategy session just mm-hmm. to see you know what we need to do and how much time uh, we need to invest now okay so someone comes to you you get to know what they need mm-hmm. and right. you're heart hunting yes. I love that <laughs> heart hunting you're on the job you're out there how do you find these men like oh, I really I really want to know are you like in the mall like hey are you single yes like, <laughs> we really yes. everywhere we are everywhere we have I mean okay. Okay, talk me through we it. Do. How so, does this work? So it's interesting because not just us, but we have a team of recruiters that are hunting on our behalf as well. So they could be in the grocery store if there's a single-looking, um, eligible man, um, you know, handsome, you know, looks like he may be successful. Well, you know, walk looks up put to together. Them. Exactly. Yes. We'll walk, right. up to, walk up to him, introduce ourselves, and, you know, ask him if he's available and if he's single. And it's yes, and it just tell him who we are, what we do, and ask him if he would like to go into our database. So we have an online database that's confidential just for our firm, and only our team can see that. So he'll go into our database, and that's when we start to look for someone. Wow. And I think it's really There's our clients. There's a database? Ab- yeah, our clients appreciate getting their time back. So you guys if you have think a hubby database. <laughs> we have a lot of. <laughs> that exactly. is a bay so database. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> a bay database. The bay base. I yes. love it. Okay. Oh, my God. And so they appreciate being put into this database? Like, what's the man's reaction to this? I have to know. Well, they chuckle usually at first. And are, is this ser- are you serious? <laughs> are you for real? Like, of course. This is a business. But yes. I have to say, it's different for different ethnicities, though, because oh, a lot me. of times, I mean, I don't know what it is with our own you know, culture, I guess, you know, we haven't really heard of matchmakers usually in the black community. So it's like, okay, a little bit of hesitation. They're looking at you like, are you for real? Is this yeah. a prank? Right, the exactly. And then you're two black women that are matchmakers. I've never heard of that. So really, we almost have to sell ourselves first wow. on our clients' we behalf. And we're really wow. just helping. And you don't you can't imagine how many people say, I'm so happy that you talked me into this because I, you know, I just thought maybe it wasn't real. Or it was a scam. It was a scam. And then, you know, they want to stay with us forever until they, they want to become clients. They send us <laughs> referrals. Yes. And they're like, yes, I'm Oh, you know, you guys were so helpful with me, and I'm so glad 
I did this. I'm, you know, I never really think outside the box. And it's something I would have never done on my own to distrust wow. you all with this process. And so the men in your database, you found them randomly yes. or through referrals. Or they they're just, in your database. Or they just join our database from That's word fantastic. of mouth. And they're or, getting dates. Right. I mean, getting you're dates. helping these men we find are, dates. Yes. Incredible or they might have read Essence, too. A lot right. of people that read Essence will come and just join our database. They can just go to our website and join it. So, okay, I'm also kind of picturing, like, you guys, like, it's real time. It's date night. You hook them up. You're, like, texting your client, like, girl, you got this. Right. Send me a picture of your hand. <laughs> oh, we, we do. Oh, we do. We do. Tell me about process. So date night. <laughs> just this past Saturday, we had about five or six dates going on all day long. What? One woman had a date at 10 o'clock and again at 8 o'clock. And so we do a pre-date call okay. and a post-date call. So we want to talk about, you know, again, Love making it. sure you have your conversation topics ready to go. Right. We're making sure that your clothes are cute and your, your lip gloss is popping. Nothing we, you would wear to work. No. So let's throw oh all God. of so that out. So you guys out. are like approving outfits, <laughs> yeah. lip gloss, mm-hmm. hair, styles, Too everything. Love it. Yes, <laughs> takes the pearls off that uh, oh, no pearls. suit. No pearls. No, no, no pearls. So. Ma- making sure that you're giving him compliments. So we give him a checklist to check off while they're on their date. So yes. you really empower these women. Definitely. They feel time. ready. Sure. We're their coach. Yes. Do you ever get somebody like freaking out though? Like, oh my God, I can't do this. Cancel me. Cancel me. Because there's also a lot of pressure. Well, they you need know? a little support before they go. Definitely. Are you so guys they... like in the car outside like with the binoculars? Like, we got you, girl. We're well, watching. No, because usually our clients are all over the country. That's we're true. nationwide. So they're everywhere. But, you know, we're, I mean, we have our, our, our phones. They can know, FaceTime you. Yes. We oh, do yeah, a lot we of definitely. Skype and Zoom. So definitely we do a do lot that. of video conferencing. So they are getting 24-7 love support. We are. That and then we even challenge them, too. We that challenge is customer service. It is. And it's labor intensive. Believe me, it is. Yeah. So by the end of the date, we they have to come back and say, okay, if we asked him, what would he say that you thought about him? Oh, that's so, a good so question. So many times men will say, you know, if you don't have the coaching, they'll say, well, I thought, I mean, I didn't know if she liked me or not. So we don't ever want our clients, you know, to leave their date not knowing what they think. So they are challenged to give feedback. They have to give compliments. Doesn't matter if you like them or not. We're just challenging you to do that, just to get that more into your everyday routine. That yes. is fascinating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you want to be sure that the person you've set them up on a date with is clear on what they think about. Right. Them. Because we'll ask them. So on what? the post date call, we have a post date call with with the with the match and then with our client just to find out if the stories align and what they thought about each other. <laughs> that must be. And then we go back and we we say, you know, well. You know, this is what he said about you. And if we have three men saying the same thing about you, so, if, you know, such and such talk too much. But we know we need to work on your listening skills because you're not listening. Right. right. So we're going to talk about we that. couldn't get a word in for it's the like, past three dates. <laughs> it's kind of like grading their paper. Yeah. Like, they, they want the help. So exactly. they want the support. They oh want to get it right. <laughs> now, that must be hard for them to hear, though, as well. Even though they're, they appreciate you know, they're paying yeah. for this it. This is an investment. This yeah. is an investment in your future. I think by then we built a good relationship. So the good part of it is starting with the coaching and we've built a good relationship. So they know it's all in love and we're helping them get to their goal. So, so how many dates do your clients go on before they're like, okay, hugs, y'all get a good Christmas gift. Thank you. I've got it from here. <laughs> right. uh, well, you know, usually it's, well, we work together for about six months. Okay. Usually. That's like the average time. Yes. That's not average. bad. No, no. So. Especially like intensive, like you're getting hand-holding, right. love Definitely. coaching, FaceTime, like SOS situation. Sure. Sure. We've had some Mayday, Mayday situations. Oh, I can only imagine. Because mm-hmm. dating is tough. It is It's tough. not easy and for it, anyone. It can be really hard, especially if you, I mean, some of our clients haven't had a date in two years, five years, seven years. years so. And they're getting back in the game. It's very hard to get back in there. But we give them, you know, kudos for getting back in there and really going after their goal of finding love. Well, at least you guys are hooking them up with people who want to date. So they don't have to worry about being in a situation where the guy is like, "Um, why am I here? Great. So usually by the time they actually sit down with Mm -hmm. the date, 
you can probably estimate that they're about three dates in because we already know how many women they have in rotation. We already know where oh. we already know oh, if yeah. they want to get married, if they want children, what their family dynamics are, their so, religion. Right. Absolutely, we've everything. already we've already uncovered all of that. And you they're very everything. transparent with us. So by the time our client sits down with them, they're usually about four dates in. Right. If you think of going on a what? first date, I mean, you're just like, okay, well, you know, I wonder what if he wants kids. I wonder if he, what his religion is. And by that time, we've already grilled him to that. <laughs> so we, we already know. Okay, so now much. I'm not happily married, but if I was, I'm happily married, but if I weren't, I and I were single, I would want to call you guys Definitely. up right now and get that type of handhelding, especially the client database. Yes. I would be like, you guys know where the good men are. We do. People always yeah. say, where are all the good men? Um, you guys know. We do. In your computer. Yeah. Right now, in your MacBook. Sports bars. I mean, we I find mean, them wherever. Football I mean, games. We even find them on social media. Yes. So everyone, really? even that we find online, we still bring them out and bring them in house to screen them. So we can find them. Even the people that we find in the grocery store or the gym or the church. So really all the places you would expect. Yeah, sure. Except Mm -hmm. we're going up and having a conversation when, you know, most of our clients don't have time to do that all day. They're in the corner (laughs) sipping the water bottle staring. Oh, he's cute. I hope you (laughs) know this is me. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about your success stories. What are some of your favorite success stories? You don't have to obviously say the names, but I'm sure you have tons of success. What's your success rate? We do. We have about an 87% success rate. What? That's amazing. It is. It's great. We're very proud of that. And we have clients, I'm currently living together right now. We have clients Aww. on vacation this I'm holiday spooning. week yes. together. We're so Aww. excited about it. We have clients introducing each other to their children. So, I mean, that's Just why making we do all it. the landmarks. Yeah, so that's we coach them we through all of those things. We do. So it's really? so nice because we get to build a relationship with them all the way through. And you get invited to a lot of weddings. Yes. And a lot definitely. of family dinners. <laughs> that's great. A lot that's of baby photos. Yes. Mm-hmm. We live vicariously through them every day. We have great first dates. All the butterflies we go through with them. So it's always so much fun. Oh, and Kelly and I are like your best each other. Now, I'm imagining now at this point, you guys are so good. When you meet a woman, you can almost like see the guy in your database that you want to introduce her to. Yeah, you like, have so, like a picture. You yeah, can have, have a, a picture feeling. in our mind right. of the type of person that she needs. Definitely. And what about like people who are dating in different states or different locations? How does that work? Like, well, are they open or are they usually looking for somebody like local? Well, we usually try to introduce them to someone local because we want them to see each other often. We want them to establish an emotional connection. And it's very difficult to do that when you're long distance. So long distance only works when someone is willing to relocate. So there has to be one person willing to relocate in this relationship. Right. If not, so, we wouldn't we wouldn't even we wouldn't introduce them it. to someone. And like you said, people these women sometimes are willing to give up everything, you know, to find like the right love because that's, right. that's the one thing they feel like they don't They're have. Missing. Right. You know, I've heard you say that, so I feel like that makes sense. Like if you told me, "Hey, Charlie, here's the perfect person for you and I were single," I would be like, "Where am I moving?" <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> because you're you know you're heart hunting yes for a lifetime yes okay definitely. so uh, let's i really want to wrap with trying to understand how do you determine if you're ready for a matchmaker like what's like your checklist that you need to go through mm. if you need help yeah, i think uh, most of our clients come to us when they have you know tried everything okay. they've had failed relationships okay. and they're getting to the point where they really want to put their um, personal life first so they've done everything as far as success, um, successful careers, and all mm-hmm. of that, you know. But they're tired of being single. So whenever they're That's ready, fair. yeah, whenever they're ready <laughs> to move their personal life to the forefront, which they probably never have, is when they're ready for a matchmaker. That's right, and th- and we're here for them. Mm-hmm. And then what would their first step be? Just reach out and say yes. hi, find someone, you know, like where, like because I know that must be an awkward. 
it thing is. to admit and conversation to have. Well, the first step would be for them, if they want to work with us, to just to go onto our website and choose Become Which a is? Client. Yeah. Tell us All right. Yeah. And so we would um, submit a Become a Client form, and then we would schedule a strategy session with them just to uncover who they are, tell them more about our business, and how we may be able to work together. Right. And it's okay to even you know talk to several matchmakers. We don't take everyone. So like we were saying before. You have the, to find a match our, with our your person, matchmaker. Exactly. <laughs> our our mm-hmm. best clients Chemistry. are the ones who are ready to make a change, and they can you know, usually relate to us because we are, of course, women of color. You know, we've wrote a book, Relationship Do-Overs, which kind of talks about all of our failed, failed relationships, and things in the past which landed us here. Exactly. So Your people, journey. Yes, a lot of people watched our, our um, failed relationships and how we overcame it. So really nothing that they could bring to us that we haven't Nothing's seen or gone through Nothing. or overcome. No, we've so done that, it. That's well, another reason. ladies, as always, you guys are fabulous. You're doing amazing work. Thank you. Okay, oh, Team so Black much. Love for Life. Thank, thank you. you. We love being for the Essence family. <laughs> and thank you guys for your continued advice and contributions to Essence.com, sharing the love and the relationship tea. Thank and you. And just for coming thank on you. the show today. Oh, we love appreciate it. Here. Thank it. you Good so seeing much. You. Good seeing you, too. <laughs> Thanks to our guests, Courtney Kemp and the matchmaking duo. If you enjoyed these conversations, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Yes, yes Girl, Girl, such as our conversations with Remy Ma and Papoos, Nisi Nash, and Charlemagne the God. You can find these on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review while you're there. Thanks to the folks at Digital Media for their production work. And thanks, of course, to our sponsor, Adam and Eve. Please support them the way they support this podcast. We'll see you next week.